Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Welcome to this week's episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May. This week, I have a special treat for you. I got together with a colleague and good friend of mine, Julie Ford, of the podcast Tools of Life. We got together to bring you this episode about navigating the new normal as we all adjust to the dynamic that has become COVID-19. We talk about how to find our grounded calm, acknowledge and move through grief, and so much more. Join us this week for a lively conversation and take away some tools you can use today. Good morning and welcome to Tools of Life with me, Julie Ford of Jewels of Life, the show that brings parents and teens uplifting tools to enjoy every stage. Now, many of you are new to me or you're new to the Tools of Life show, so I'll let you know that at Jewels of Life, we've been supporting parents and teens as they navigate not only the challenges, but also the rich discoveries of this stage. We dread too many of the stages of both parenting and life, the terrible twos, terrible threes, or the tweens and teens, and adults do it too. We dread the 30s, I'm going to be 40, I'm going to be 50. Now, come on now. We can enjoy every stage of parenting, being a teen, and of life. Now, speaking of enjoying stages and navigating things, today we have Dr. Lara May of Light Body Healing and Consulting to help us with navigating our new normal through this COVID-19 epidemic. Welcome, welcome. Lara, I'm so happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about you. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be doing this with you. This is going to be a lot of fun. So my background is in clinical pharmacology. I am currently a clinical pharmacist specialist in a very small acute care hospital in Northern California. But I also have a private practice where I integrate functional medicine, energy medicine, in addition to uh, health coaching, nutrition tools. And so we just package it all together for whatever that one person needs. And in addition to that, I try to put out as much information as possible through my blog and through my podcast as well, Light Body Radio. Very cool. I love the integration that you have. Before we started recording, we were talking about my own choices for wellness. I integrate a lot of things and I use a lot of pharmacy type help as a last resort. I'm allergic to eight antibiotics. And so I'm hard to treat when things happen. So I heard my body and said, okay, well, let's look for some other ways. And I really find it valuable and so helpful when the East and West meet 
in a human being like yourself and look at what is going to be helpful for patients. So I am so glad to have you here as we talk about a lot of what's going on in the world, the tremendous uncertainty that we have right now. And as a parent who supports teens and their parents, and also having a member of the graduating class of 2020 myself, and I also have a sophomore, there continues to be a lot of, what is it today that's being taken away? What is it now? And you know, we're getting to the point of, don't tell me what else has been removed. I don't want to know. I can't handle one more thing being removed from what I used to consider commonplace, what I used to be considered part of my day, normal, and really wondering what is normal going to look like? How long is this going to be our normal? What will our normal look like on the other side? And there's just so many questions. And on top of that, we end up with the freedom, the choice, a connection, possibilities. These are things that are all seem to be you know, piece by piece being removed from our kids and, and us as parents too. This is what a lot of my clients are dealing with. It's been removed from me too. So they're triaging themselves first, some of them, the parents, and then it's coming as news to them that we're all grieving, including the kids. And they didn't put grief into the picture. And once they do, there's this, oh my gosh, yes. It's not misbehavior. It's not defiance. It's grief. And then they start to see it in themselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it gives everyone a level of permission to feel those feelings and to explore and sort of flesh that out and see, oh, okay. Because I think the generation of you and I and the parents now, we weren't necessarily given those tools. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're sort of navigating this almost from the same perspective as a child. Is, yes. Oh, we're learning this for the first time, but also now we're in the role of teacher and responsibility for our children. And wow, is that scary and overwhelming, I'm sure. Right. So, yeah. But I think it also can create a, a very tight bond. Yes. For, you know, and a, an opportunity for that bonding to learn something together and be safe together and allow each other to feel and to emote and move through things in a safe place. It is giving that room, isn't it? All this, well, I, who's got time for that? Well, we, we kind of all do now. Yeah, now you do. <laughs> a little bit. That's good. Let's, let's use that time. And that's the key, that yeah. realizing that those choices, we have them now. And I think even that is actually creating some friction because now there's this, well, I didn't have time. I didn't have time. I didn't have time. And now there is time. And there's this list of stuff that has built in our own minds and we don't know where to start, Mm -hmm. you know, of those things that we could be doing to make ourselves feel better of those things we could be doing to increase whatever type of health, emotional, physical, mental health, our heads are exploding, their heads are exploding, and where do we even start? And so today I wanted to give just a suggestion of where to start. And hopefully we can move from that sea of uncertainty, that whole idea of, you know, when we get in that sea of uncertainty, we can just really flounder in fear. Mm -hmm. And the anxiety levels are so high from all the loss and the grief and or the the unmourned that it just leaves us sort of flapping in the wind so hoping to have this discussion be sort of tethering 
and looking at, okay, well, what does new normal look like? And give some empowerment back, even if it's a little bit for just an hour or just a half hour of, okay, now I know what to do next. And then I can rinse and repeat, start again. Yes. So I think awareness is always the first step, don't you? Yeah. So absolutely. Giving yourself time to be aware, to tune in to, I like to write things down and Mm -hmm. I didn't used to be that person that was a list maker or a writer or a journaler, but I found such power in that because when things are swirling in our head and we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling anxious and confused and all these things, getting it out on paper, even if it's not in an order, so to speak, on paper, that's the place to start. You start there. And then once you have it out on paper, and like you said, well, where do we start? My answer would be, what's the most fun? Start with joy and fun. <laughs> right. So I, I yeah. love what you said about getting it on paper. I, you know, I've mentioned on the show before that my master's thesis was in the writing involved in a coaching relationship. And the biggest piece of writing is the list that moves things forward faster because it gives that swirl something concrete. It pours out and it feels heard if we're going to give it a a personality, you know, those things will continue to get barky in your head until they feel like they've been heard. And once they're on a list, they're like, okay, I'm right. I'm, I can, I can be quiet, quieter at least. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I, I love that. One of the things that came to mind when I was thinking about just even tiny things that seem to have been pulled out of the kids normal. My eldest had a routine of getting to school 15 minutes before the bell so that she and a handful of other students could visit with their favorite history teacher and start the day by asking him ridiculous questions. And they'd, that would set the tone and the vibe with humor and good feelings for the day. And it was one of the things that, that surprised me that she was the most concerned about when they closed school, that 15 minute practice that had seemed so huge to her Mm -hmm. that it must've seemed that it was robbed. But then she figured out a way, a creative way to make it happen. So then it gave her some comfort. It's just those little pieces, how else, and make it comforting again. Instead of it being taken away and feeling out of control and flapping in the wind, she was able to anchor it again Mm -hmm. in just a different way. Things like that, as I help my clients and my own family and other whole families move from old normal to new normal, I kept falling back on principles I've been pulling from different tools and theories on grief, Mm -hmm. as well as um, the emotional freedom technique or tappings. I've talked about it on the show before, and some of you know about it and, and some don't. But even if you're not actually tapping on the points that go along with tapping, really looking at this process as meshed with grief and how we kind of go through it and recognizing bits and pieces of it is really relevant right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I know there are, there are many folks out there just aching to get to their new normal. And I, I want to outline these very imperfect steps. And they're imperfect for two reasons. They are not one and done. They are absolutely not one and done. And grief is messy. It is very nonlinear. It's not like, oh, I'm going to jump into the grief machine and I'll pop out on the other side after going through this one right. time. Yeah. No. So one of my besties is a grief counselor. And when I asked her, uh, you know, what curve or steps she subscribes to most, she said, none of them. Every emotion that you've ever had or some that you have never heard of or have never experienced before, they will show up and you have to be with them and there is no timeline. 
they will show up, they will go away, they will come back. And acknowledging them and owning them is so very important. So what's, what's best, she said, to acknowledge is that these emotions are going to pop up and we have to give them a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recognize and then give them a moment. So here are those three steps. And then after I go through them and give a little kind of example of, of what's meant by them, I want to do a little bit of a meditation. Dr. Lara, I'm so glad you are here because that's where I am going to call upon you because you are so good at this, helping us move through it. So here are the three steps in a nutshell. First, honor and mourn or acknowledge the loss of the old normal. Then number two, be open to the possibilities and ways to thrive in new normal. Just be open to them. You don't have to know them. Just be open that there might be there. And three, choose to take small, doable steps toward creative solutions in the new normal. It does not have to be big at all. And we'll talk about that. So it sounds pretty simple, but so what do I mean? All right. As this became really evident about a week ago, I'm in Wisconsin, so it's hitting different parts of the world in different spaces. But about a week ago, it really got real in Wisconsin. All of a sudden, a girlfriend has started a group called the Moms of the Class of 2020, a private place for the moms to mourn so they could best support their kids in their own mourning as it rapidly came to head. So first there was, nope, that's not happening here. We haven't had that cancel. We haven't had, so there was shock and denial, and that's not going to happen here. Then there was pain and and guilt, like, oh my gosh, I really wish I would have taken more pictures or more time with my friends. My own daughter had started singing jazz, but just like six months ago at best. And she said, I wish I would have started this sooner. Now it's all over. So there was that pain and guilt and shoulda, woulda, coulda. Then there was the anger and bargaining, just like, no, I'm not going to do that. I might do this, but I am not staying here for two weeks without seeing a single person. I am not, you know, there was a lot of that. And we could see it on the group. They were talking about their kids doing this. They were talking about themselves and where they were trying to enforce something they didn't feel was enforceable. It was all of that. And then the depression, reflection, loneliness, you know, trying to support one another on the group. Like, yes, I understand. I'm there too, but it'll be okay. I, I hear you. I am you. Let's connect. You're not alone. You're, mm-hmm. So I saw all of those pieces there. There were a lot of yes, but my situation is different. So you know, the loneliness was creeping in and then there were others trying to help and soothe that. That was that first step of being open to folks that are grieving. They need acknowledging all of those Mm -hmm. emotions. So the second way this is kind of an example is that it wasn't, wasn't too long. And these steps were going rapidly. All of these things were coming up really, really fast because things were moving so quickly. And, you know, finally there was a big breath taken and people were like, but wait, that's not what these kids need. Yes, we need to mourn. We do. We need to say what we've lost. We need to talk about this, but now what? And there was a big now what stage where all of a sudden everybody took a breath and went, okay, if we can't have prom the way it was supposed to happen, how can we make it happen for our kids later or in a different way? How can we? So then there was this open to a different way. The what if started coming out. Well, what if we had prom on a sidewalk and everybody stayed in their house to see the kids and they stayed this many feet apart from one another and we got to see them outdoors and take pictures of them from far away and all of that. What if we could do Zoom calls to get classrooms together so they can still have class and still get their credits? What if we got the choir together on a Zoom call and we're able to have the concert still happen and bring joy to even more people because it's recorded? 
So all of this stuff, like open to a different way, doing award ceremonies by putting signs in your yard instead of actually all getting together and then having a culmination of that online, all kinds of things started popping up out of this. Working through what does the new normal look like? How are we going to do school? How are we going to take placement tests? How are we going to... So really looking at that instead of having this defeat. Mm -hmm. So and then an example of the third step is accepting where we are and then being hopeful about that. Letting hope reign. We sometimes have only the next few minutes to choose and decide what to do. So grabbing that and making a choice about it tethers us and brings vibration up one step at a time, not going from the bottom all the way to the top, because that's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell my kids sometimes, okay, if you're feeling lower than whale dung, let's <laughs> aim for higher than whale dung. How's yeah. that? Yeah. Or just whale dung. All right. And normally it makes them smile and laugh because we just talked about duty, but you know, <laughs> but truly you can't expect to feel sky high from whale dung in a moment. Oh unrealistic and that's not what any of us are asking and yet I think a lot of parents have heard out of their own mouths you need to get over it there are bigger things happening so your graduation canceled you need to get over that there are bigger things happening take a look at the news you know what I mean and they're saying to themselves like why am I mourning this well yeah and I think that you need to get over it sort of approach is hearkening back to what we were taught as children Yep. Don't feel your feelings. Yep. Don't give them time. Just keep moving forward and you won't have to deal with them or feel them, but they'll go away. So Eventually. Yeah, mm. exactly. Quote unquote. Yeah. So we thought. <laughs> and then, you know, things will evolve and, you know, change in a good way and everything will be fine. And I, I do think everything will be fine, but the process to getting everything will be better than fine. Everything's going to be great but it's just a matter of being gentle with ourselves. When we're in that acknowledging and honor stage, being gentle, being compassionate, being forgiving of ourselves and others, both of children and parents and family members and community members. I love Yogi Bhajan's quote, the other person is you. Mm -hmm. The other person yeah. is you, so true. Remembering that. And so then when we're in that honor and acknowledge, then we can get to the being willing and being open. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that will take us naturally into that step. And once we're open and willing, then, right, that's when the miracles start to happen. Things start right. to be synchronous and people come together and things just start to flow. And that's my word for 2020 has been flow. I left the country on February 26th to go to Italy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the last literal month for me has been a whirlwind of, both flow and uncertainty and sometimes halting, <laughs> right. but I always figuring out the next step. And again, and then being open to creative solutions for sure, because if you're not open to creative solutions, then you're going to feel very stuck, very isolated, you know, mm -hmm. so all of these things, yes, I feel like they, they naturally lead from one into the other and also kind of learning to exist within chaos and uncertainty, how valuable that is and how resilient and strong yes. that that makes us. Resilience is a key word that I keep hearing in, in the groups about we, this is a time to teach resilience to our young folks and how we react, because they're always watching, how we react is really going to be telling and how they react. You know, I've encouraged the seniors, you know, 
what do you want to be known for? And yes, take a beat, but then move forward and say, how else? How else could this happen? What else can we do? How else do I want to be? I could be mad and stay mad for this whole time, but what do I want? What is of a greater good? Yeah, and showing them that the power truly is within them, that they have the power to decide how they are going to react or not. Mm -hmm. The feelings and emotions that they decide to have, not giving their power away to the virus or the government or whatever, saying, oh, they made me feel this way. Mm -hmm. You can have the feeling, but don't give your power away to all those things outside of you, right? Right. You know, because that's perpetuates and creates the victim mentality and we want to foster empowerment and and wholeness and security and confidence right that whole power dynamic i think is really important too because i feel like it's so easy for us to unconsciously give our power away and not Mm -hmm. even be aware of it and it very much happens with our emotions and our feelings It, it was interesting on the call i had with the teens recently one of the teens brought up, this is so difficult because there isn't anyone to blame. And I found that one, part of it was sad, like that we have to look for an assailant. Yeah, yeah, a villain. And, you know, that there seems to be comfort in that. And also that she was astute enough to say, this is happening. And is it even valuable to point that finger? Or do we just jump into owning then solutioning how how we want to be and it was it was so fascinating because i i watch as different generations get disparaged over and over and i thought wow i am so excited about this generation what's possible and i let them know that like i see you and this is this is your time and i'm excited to see what you come up with i'm wondering what if folks aren't at the point of even acknowledging their their loss you know what if they're just mad and angry at all that's been or seems to have been taken or changed you know that anger and resistance is going to block their creative solutions Mm-hmm. I, I know that. And, and those are naturally there. They might block all kinds of other things too. So what can they do? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you know, really there has to be willingness. Mm-hmm. Any emotion can become an addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get a, addicted to judgment, addicted to gossip, addicted, become addicted to drama, anger, resentment, mm-hmm. sadness, even depression. And I think... Do we ask that Dr. Phil question, like, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it is a good question. Like, oh, do you wow. want that? I mean, do you, do you want that? Yeah. Maybe. I, yeah, um, I think that's where, the, like, the friend and support community comes in. Because if we see someone that's sort of swirling mm-hmm. in, that, in that, you know, vortex, going down that rabbit hole, I feel like it's our responsibility as friends and family members to help get them out of it. Yeah. And we do that by asking questions, by helping to be a mirror for them, you know, not judging, but mm-hmm. helping them sort of to look at it from the bird's eye view. I like to call it the objective detective, which is kind of corny, but it <laughs> um, I can see so a cartoon yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. If you can at even at just an inkling of a moment, get outside of it and you know, look at it from the outside in and look at yourself from the outside in, then it's enough to often 
flip it to switch it to give you that, oh, the aha moment. Right, right. I, I love that, objective detective. Now, I mean, how can being in that vortex swirling down hinder us physically and energetically? Well, it can be quite impressive, actually, if if, and I'm sure we've all known or, you know, come across those type of people that just constantly seem to be in the, um, the I'm the victim, this is happening to me, I'm not going to do anything about it because there's no point because it won't change anything. So I hate to say it, but those are usually the people that manifest disease for themselves. Mm. And and when we talk about energetic, you know, depending on where the disease manifests is usually where that person is holding that emotion. So if they're holding on to anger in their heart, then oftentimes it can manifest as cardiac problems. Or, you know, if they are suffering with an autoimmune disease, a lot of times that's very first chakra. So it comes down to security and safety and and acceptance within, you know, the tribe. So the family, the community, whatever that, you know, mm-hmm. so there is, it's, it's really interesting. And everyone's different because like, we all have our own story. We all have our own experiences. So again, I think it's that power of community though, that if we are willing to spend that time with people and talk with them, and again, making that connection, then even those people that are, you know, just swirling can, there is hope, but it, there also has to be a willingness on the part of the person that's in it to get out. Right. Right. I, you know, and I see how I understand energy and the body well enough to know that we're all made of energy and, and that can affect our immunity. Something, I mean, it, it's not just, woo, it's science yeah. <laughs> and it, it can affect our immunity, something horribly. So bringing up all of the good chemicals in your body as much yeah. as possible right now. So when we say, what can you do to help yourself? Do something that's fun. Do something that's going to feel better. There's good reason behind it to absolutely boost that immunity. Say more about that. Yeah. So choose fun, choose joy, just like your daughter with the the whole thing before school and the history teacher. Like you said, that set the tone. It was something fun. It got them laughing and in you know, as Abraham says, on that high flying disc. Yes. And we we want to stay up there as much as possible. So for me, when I wake up in the morning, I do a quick meditation. And then I find something that's going to make me laugh on YouTube or, or I ask Alexa something silly, you know, so just maintaining whatever that is. I like, you know, go for walks with the dogs or get outside. So anything that's going to help you maintain those endorphins in a healthy way so that we're again, not, not going down the path of, let's say like, you know, a a dopamine addiction, right? but you know, maintaining right on that high flying disc. Absolutely. Yes. Because when you are in that positive state, that will naturally domino effect. So just as the negative can domino effect, so can the positive mm-hmm. and that will hopefully affect those around you too. And it will help them stay in a, you know, more high vibing place. A good contagion. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> really, that's what we need. Good yeah. positive contagions go for that. I love it. And as a follow-up to that whole situation, I had posted, show us your butt, B-U-T. This is my old normal and it's not happening that way anymore. But, and so her butt ended up being, we can't go see Mr. Kronk in the morning, but now we've started a group chat and he joined us. So they can all go and he's participating and it adds that joy back in. It's not the same, 
it is just different and yeah. still occurring. So things like that. She now still has that moment of grounding which is what it did for her day. And I think that's what, and you, you were talking about meditation and being able to sit for a moment and, and put some joy with humor, whatever that looks like. Some people exercise by themselves or with someone else in the morning to set that tone. If somebody is kind of in a stuck place, I'm wondering what we can help from a meditation standpoint to give them an idea of how to, how to jump out or how to get back to grounded a little bit. I would love it if you would lead us. That would be really great. Okay, let's do it. All right, so um, with the intention of grounding, so we want to come to a comfortable seat. For grounding, I like to be in a seat so you can feel the earth underneath your bum, you know, you can feel maybe your feet on the floor or you can be sitting cross-legged, whichever is more comfortable, but it was just tuning in and starting with the breath. So inhale through your nose, feel your belly expand, feel your diaphragm expand, and exhale out the mouth. Just let it all go. Again, inhale through the nose, feel the air come through your nostrils, down into your lungs and feel your belly expand. And exhale, let it all go. Allow your body to just relax as you breathe. Continue to breathe at your own pace. Again, tune in to the constant support of the earth underneath you. It is something that is always there, so much so that we often forget but that we are connected, we are supported. Feel the energy moving through your body. Maybe start with your crown and just tune in, tune into your physical body as you breathe easily and deeply. Maybe is there tension in your forehead? Let that go. Feel the tension around your eyes and let that go. Relax your jaw and your tongue. Breathe into your neck and your shoulders. Maybe wiggle them around to release whatever tension is hanging out there. Breathe deeply into your heart space and release all that no longer serves you. Let's take another deep breath into our heart space acknowledging what we're feeling and that all of it is okay but that we don't have to hold on to it and exhale just let it all go place your hands on your belly as you inhale again feel your belly expand and release let it all go thanking your body for all that it does for you Inhale, again, bringing energy through your head all the way down through your body, through your abdomen, and out the base of your spine into the earth. Inhale, bringing more energy in, feeling roots start to grow out of the base of your spine into the earth, through the soil, down through the crystal core. Just inhale and exhale, 
feeling that connection, feeling the vibration that the earth offers. Feel what it would be like if you were a tree. Great and tall, swaying in the wind. You can bend, but you don't break. You're anchored and connected, surrounded by other trees, your community of supportive trees, little squirrels. Remember that the forest is a wonderful analogy to our lives as humans as well. Feel into that. As you breathe, feel the wind blow through your leaves as a tree. Feel the birds all around you. Feel how the energy flows. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to be, except right here, right now. Connected, alive, breathing, at ease, and comfort. Take another deep breath in through your nose. And as you exhale, start to come back into your body. Maybe wiggle around. <laughs> and when you're ready, you open your eyes to the room. I am so calm right now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's amazing how just a, a few minutes, because I, I, I didn't look at the clock before we started, but just a few minutes of just sitting for a moment. Mm -hmm. and visualizing what you're talking about brings us back from that totally untethered place too many possibilities swirling things out of our control back down to just the now mm -hmm. the moment so I really appreciate that Lara really yeah, that's sure. great and I hope that's helped a lot of our listeners out there because wow the feeling of untethered I hear it I feel mm -hmm. it out there and when we come from this place instead, there's so much more available. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really, I probably do a lot more than I, than I even realize is tuning in with the trees. And I, you know, even a lot of us that if we live in cities, I'm lucky enough to live in the beautiful mountains in Northern California. So I am surrounded by trees almost all the time. But even those of us that aren't can tune in with that energy and feel that groundedness, feel that power. Mm -hmm. and steadfastness that even when there's a literal hurricane swirling around us, you know, most of the trees, <laughs> I'll say most, not always, but most of, of the trees, right? They steadfast, they stay where they are, they allow things to move around them and they bend, bend. but no break. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I love that. That's beautiful. I, I just am so grateful that you have been here today and I'm so grateful that, that you and others like you exist. 
because meeting those pieces of the East and the West, that's so necessary. And now at Tools of Life, we offer you something to ponder, something to practice, and something to play with. So here are today's. So first, something to ponder. Now, Lara, you said you had a quote for us. So let's hear that. I do. And it's in alignment with the trees. This is a quote from Nikita Gill from You Have Become a Forest. One day when you wake up, you will find that you have become a forest. You have grown roots and found strength in them that no one thought you had. You have become stronger and more beautiful, full of life-giving qualities. You have learned to take all the negativity around you and turn it into oxygen for easy breathing. A host of wild creatures live inside you and you call them stories. A variety of beautiful birds rest inside your mind and you call them memories. You have become an incredible self-sustaining thing of epic proportion and you should be so proud of yourself of how far you have come from the seeds of who you used to be. Oh, I really like that. I really like that. I'm an analogy girl myself, (laughs) but, and I live on a tree nursery. So (laughs) I forgot that. That's awesome. (laughs) So there are trees all over and it's great to see in all kinds of weather. So I appreciate that. Now we also offer something to practice and I will actually encourage you to practice those three steps. And that's to honor and acknowledge the loss of the old normal. Number two, then to be open to possibilities of ways to thrive in new normal. Open to possibilities, that's it. Then the third step is to choose. Choose to take small, doable steps towards creating solutions for the new normal. Small, doable steps. All right, now my favorite part, and I would love to have a couple of things to play with. So so something to play with. I absolutely love it when we can have fun with these things. The creative possibilities part, step number three, can be such fun to come up with the most ridiculous, even if they're not humanly possible, to come up with the Phineas and Ferb way to do it. Or, <laughs> you know, if you're familiar with that cartoon, but all kinds of fantastical things. So, you know, asking what would Harry Potter do or what would get out of our box that now seems to be even more boxed in and get into those creative possibilities. So to really play with the creative possibilities. What else have you got for us to play with? Is Oh, well, I thought that having a dance party would be something fun to do. And it's something you could do remotely. Um, so because again, that brings us into our body. And in this when we're all swirled up in our heads, one of the best things we can do for ourselves is come back into it. We're human. Yeah. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, but we chose to be human. And so we need to be in the body and dancing and laughing and enjoying the things of the five senses is really going to help with that grounding and, and doing it in a fun way. So dancing, exercising, like you said, for sure, especially, you know, even if it's by yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. I love energetic music when I'm working out. So yeah. We've had fun things where we throw things at each other that are soft <laughs> indoors when we're stuck. <laughs> you know, Christmas Eve, we had a snowball fight with those puffy snowballs you can get. Nice. And just goofing. We've gotten back to the little kid things like tickling. Even though we have teenagers, there have been yeah. some tickle wars and things like that. So, oh, these are great. Lara, I want to um, make sure that everyone out there knows how to contact you if they want more information. And if you have anything that you're offering right now 
feel free to let people know what kind of things you have available to help in this current climate. And then we can talk about where to, where to get a hold of you. I'll okay. also have that in the show notes. Oh, well, right now I am really focusing on getting as much free information out there possible because one of the other aspects of our certainty is financial, right? So right. I am, um, I have my podcast, which we talked about a little bit already with Light Body Radio. Uh-huh. And that has uh, over, I think about two years worth of content in it right now. And I post every other week with the podcast and every other week with my blog. So every week I'm giving you some sort of content, whether it's about nutrition, energetics, meditation, all of, it's all out there. Oh, so, great. Um, that can be found at drlaramay.com forward slash light body radio. And my blog is drlaramay.com forward slash blog. Very simple. I'm also focusing on working with as many other practitioners as possible because I think when we come together, then obviously it amplifies the energy yeah. and the power, but also we, I think it helps our creativity. So using this time that even though we're in our homes, utilizing this fantastic technology that we have to come together and to bring things to the people right now and create more community. I love it. I love it. And I'm so happy. Thank you so much for being on the Tools of Life show. I appreciate having you here. It's always fun to talk with you. So you have been listening to the Tools of Life show where we bring enough levity and perspective to you on Friday that you love that weekend big time and then we make people wonder what on earth got into you by Monday. So for more tools, contact Julie Ford, that's me, at Julie at JulesOfLife.com and Jules of Life is spelled J-U-L-Z-O-F-L-I-F-E or you can follow me at Jules of Life on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, I'm Julie Ford. Enjoy. to find more about Julie Ford, you can find her at jewelsoflife.com. Julie is a certified life coach, trainer, and author. She passionately champions teens and their parents as they navigate some of the richest yet most challenging transitions to independence. Together, they enjoy every stage discovering treasure in each moment. Her programs like Enjoy Every Stage Group Coaching, the Tools of Life Podcast, and parenting communication coaching are changing lives one good human at a time. So check her out. Make sure you find her on Facebook and Instagram at Jewels of Life and also the Tools of Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next time.